When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, in a year that just doesn't seem to want to quit. I'm Steve Z. This is the Truth Hurts Program, and we've got lots and lots to talk about right after this. The best part of waking up is listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is not a cup of coffee. I used to be able to speak to a group of people knowing that perhaps one or two would disagree with maybe some of what I had to say. I used to be able to be asked why I felt that way, and I had no fear of being bashed for explaining my position. I used to be able to have a conversation with someone who didn't necessarily see eye to eye with my point of view, or perhaps it was me who didn't see eye to eye with their point of view. Either way, We could usually discuss the issue like calm, rational, civilized human beings, and the rest of our relationship would stay intact with no issues. We could agree, we could disagree, or we could agree to disagree, but it didn't harm the friendship or the relationship. Some guys like Dodge trucks. I don't like Dodge trucks. We would discuss things we liked about them and things we didn't like about them, And we could go on with our relationship knowing that some people still like Dodge trucks and some still don't like Dodge trucks and the world keeps turning. Today, however, things are much, much different. As much as mankind has evolved in general, the last four years has definitely seen a radical de-evolution in social behavior, in etiquette, in manners, in decorum, in respect, and in the art of conversation. I find it increasingly difficult to feel comfortable speaking around people for whom I don't know their leanings. Because today, if you happen to say anything at all about anything at all, you run the risk of being shouted at, accosted, attacked, beaten, shot, stabbed, doxxed, flogged, or even killed just for having an opinion. I used to be able to discuss Fender versus Gibson, Ford versus Chevy, Coke versus Pepsi, chocolate versus vanilla, Oreos versus Chips Ahoy, Doritos versus Fritos, Burger King versus McDonald's, Live Bait versus Plastic Bait, Honda versus Kawasaki, Lowe's versus Home Depot, Chinese food versus Mexican food, water skis versus boogie boards, roller skates versus skateboards, and a host of other things without worrying about a person hitting me or unfriending me or blocking me out of their virtual, digital, or actual lives. I spent some time at a motorcycle track event this past weekend. 
The conversations there were all about motorcycles and racetracks and tires for motorcycles and related subjects. I don't know if it was because the people there only think about their track and their motorcycles and their accessories, or was it because they were genuinely afraid to discuss literally any other topic? So I too kept my conversation involvement strictly to items involving motorcycles and tracks and tires. But in the back of my mind, I know there are other things to discuss in life. And I made a conscious decision to not bring any of them up. I saw the unease and the tension brought about when one guy happened to mention, hey, no one's wearing a face mask in the paddock area. He was basically ignored after he made that comment for the rest of the day. Persona non grata. And that's a damn shame. People are being attacked in restaurants and on the streets, some for seemingly no reason whatsoever. People who dress nicely, for example, in business attire are being attacked in the streets and shouted at, being accused of being racist because they dress nicely. People attacking them don't know what their views are. They just see a couple walking down the street dressed nicely and presume that because they're dressed nicely, they must be conservative and worthy of being attacked. Being attacked and beaten because they won't shout the name of some criminal thug that was graciously and thankfully removed from the ranks of the living by a police officer who was just doing his job. If you don't wear a mask, you're a target from one group. If you wear a mask, you're a target from another group. If your mask has a slogan on it, you're inviting hatred by one group or another. If you wear a plain mask, then you're vilified because you aren't supporting one group or another group. You can't freaking win. If you support the players kneeling, you support players being able to put the name of a thug criminal on their uniform or their helmet, now you're labeled as anti-American. Pro-rape. If you want a vaccine to cure COVID, you used to be a good citizen because you wanted the country to heal. But now that a vaccine might just come out soon and Trump would get the credit, you're a bad citizen for saying, yay, we're getting a vaccine. Finally, we're gonna cure COVID. If someone asks you, are you watching the playoffs? And you say no, they become defensive and ask you why you aren't supporting whatever that sports cause of the week happens to be. If you say you're watching the playoffs, you're called out for supporting a racist patriarchy that mimics slavery by paying team owners millions of dollars while they exploit persons of color for their physical traits and attributes. If you support tearing down statues, you're hated by one group and honored by others. If you're against taking down statues, you're a racist and a bigot. If you block an interstate highway to protest something, you are a hero. Even if blocking that highway causes the death of someone because an ambulance was stuck in the back of the line in traffic, in the traffic jam you caused. If you complain about that death, you don't care about the cause of the protest and you are a bad person. You're simply wrong, no matter what. 
If you're simply trying to get to your job in traffic and you try to find a way around the protest, you're a bigot and you don't deserve to have your car. In fact, you deserve to have your mirrors torn off, your windshield smashed and your car dented. If you dare blow your horn, if you dare make a statement complaining about the traffic, then you deserve to be pulled out of your car and beaten, stabbed, or shot. If you dare drive around, you're hunted down, your license plate is identified, you're doxxed, your name and your racist behavior will be posted online, and who knows, tonight you might come home to a torched house because you simply drove around a protest. The animal behavior happening in America right now is the exact opposite result of civilizing people. When the uncivilized tribes were taken in and educated, taught right from wrong, given religion, given training, jobs, they became less violent. They became civilized. Someone, somewhere, somehow has gotten to the people and told them, apparently, it is wrong to have been civilized and it is okay to return to the tribal, feudal, animal behavior of your past. When rioters and anarchists cry, defund the police, it is insanity embodied. When rioters and anarchists get run over in traffic, stabbed, shot, or beaten, they yell, call the police, help me. You can't have it both ways, rioters. If you defund the police, there will be no police to call. Either you want no cops, you want your lawlessness to be allowed, or you want to be able to riot and loot and protest and burn and attack. Unless, of course, you become the victim. Then you want a cop. You need a cop. See the stupidity? See the double standard? I and most of my listeners are intelligent enough to see what is happening. Our nation has had the rug literally pulled out from under it. We were, just one short year ago, enjoying the wonderful environment of a booming economy, the lowest unemployment rates in decades, the highest employment participation rates in decades, with the massive return of manufacturing jobs, a soaring stock market, record low energy prices, and a nation which had finally achieved something that political folks on both sides of the aisle have been begging for for decades. Energy independence. Yes, the United States had become a net exporter of oil and natural gas for the first time in over 70 years. Record numbers of people, both majority and minority, were in the work force, contributing to society, paying taxes, doing their part in securing the American dream. But the Democrats said, F that, we can't have a Republican president presiding over the best economy in the history of the country. Oh God, no, make it stop. So they tried Russian collusion. They tried Ukrainian meddling. They tried Stormy Daniels. 
They tried the FBI investigations. They tried phony dossiers. They tried everything they could to unseat a duly elected, effective president of the United States in Donald Trump. And it all failed miserably. So what do you do? You have to find or create some new crisis to steer the American public's viewpoint of the successes of Donald Trump away from the successes of Donald Trump. With the massive return of jobs and people contributing to the American society under a Republican president, Democrats came off the rails. We had come off of basically an uneventful hurricane season last year. People were working, people were thriving, people were happy, except for a few who never seemed to be happy about anything, ever. The very thought of an economic slowdown one year ago was unimaginable, and one political party did not like that very much. No, sir, not one single bit. This is the Truth Hurts program. Black criminals were being killed by police officers when they attacked police officers, resisted arrest, refused to show their hands, refused to drop their weapons, refused to stop reaching into their pockets and their waistbands and their bags. Just as much under Barack Hussein Obama and gropey Joe Biden's time in the White House as during Trump's time in the White House. Just as much, if not more, in fact. Oh, and by the way, white criminals and Hispanic criminals and Asian criminals and Russian criminals in the United States who failed to obey lawful commands of law enforcement officers who reached into their pockets when they were told to show their hands, who refused to comply, who resisted arrest, were also killed under the Obama administration just as they are killed under the Trump administration. That's reality, folks. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Listening to the Truth Hurts program is the highlight of my day. Okay, it really is not, but that's what Steve Z told me to say. Well, it's math class time, boys and girls. You remember the dreaded mathematics, arithmetic, algebra, trigonometry. Yes, it's math time, boys and girls. And since numbers don't translate well over the radio or vocal media, I will try to speak slowly so that everyone with any measure of intelligence will understand. First, I'm going to give you some statistical facts that you need to know. You might even want to grab a pencil and paper because you know numbers suck when they come over the speakers, especially when the numbers prove my postulation. Here we go. There are approximately 330 million Americans, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Six million Americans have been tested and supposedly reported positive for COVID-19. 73,800,000 people have taken COVID-19 tests. So out of 330 million Americans, 73,800,000 people have taken COVID-19 tests. 
180,000 people supposedly died from COVID-related causes. Now, the CDC says that only 6% of those 180,000 deaths were from COVID-19 alone. These are the facts, and they are indisputable. So let's do some basic math, shall we? First of all, 330 million people and 6 million positive cases. That's 1.8% of the population that could have COVID-19. 1.8% of the population has tested positive for COVID-19. Secondly, 180,000 people died from COVID-related deaths, or so they thought. But the fact now is that only 6% were actual COVID-only deaths. So let's do the math. 6% of 180,000. That means that only 10,800 people in the United States have died from COVID-19 alone. Let me repeat that. 6% of the 180,000 people previously thought to have died from COVID-19, only 6% or 10,800 people have died solely as the result of COVID-19. 10,800. Now, yeah, that's a lot of people, but that's not 180,000 as they previously lied to you and told you. Let's take that same number of COVID-only deaths, 10,800, and apply it across the 6 million positive tests. Now you have a percentage of people who test positive and died from COVID-19. That number is, drum roll please, 0.0018. That is 0.18%, not even 1%. Now let's take that very same COVID-only cause of death number and apply it against the number of people tested in the United States for COVID. Remember, 73,800,000 people have been tested according to the CDC and only 10,800 have died of COVID-19 alone. This number is 0.0014 or 0.14% not even 1%. Now let's look at the really big number. Get ready to grind your nails against the chalkboard, kids. Take the total number of COVID-only deaths, 10,800, and calculate it against the total number of Americans, 330 million. So 10,800 and 330 million Americans equals, you ready for this? Zero point zero 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 three that is an incredibly low low number so do you now see how they've screwed you screwed with you screwed with your mind even if we took the raw number of people who died from all causes of death but had one teeny tiny little covid in their system during their autopsy and you put that figure into the total number of Americans, let's see, 180,000 total deaths, including anyone with one with COVID in their system, into 330 million Americans, 
0.0005. You get it? Less than five one hundredths of one percent, which is far, far lower than the total number of flu deaths in an average year. And they came out and admitted it. I think someone at the CDC is probably going to have their ass run through the ringer because these numbers support what Donald Trump has said all along. This virus is far less deadly than the seasonal flu. You remember when he said that. This virus is far, far less deadly than the seasonal flu. And he's right. This is the Truth Hurts program. Let's talk about the mask lie. First, revered scientist and epidemiologist, Dr. Anthony Fauci came out and said, nobody needs to wear a mask. Masks should be reserved only for healthcare professionals and frontline workers working directly with COVID-19 positive patients and those COVID-19 positive patients themselves. Wearing a mask does no good. It's no, it does no good for you walking down the street. None whatsoever. There's no reason for the American public to be walking around in a mask. Remember that? Then a month later, after the stock price of mask makers went way, way up, Dr. Fauci said, everyone should be wearing a mask. Wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. Do your part. Save yourself, save your friends, save your family and your co-workers. Everyone should be wearing a mask. Masks protect you and they protect the people that are around you. Wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. Yet, if this mask will protect you and protect others, Explain to me why they won't let you go visit grandma or pop-pop or your son in a hospital, even if you and grandma are wearing the magic, magic protective, protective mask. mask. The nurses, the doctors, the janitors, the receptionists, the vendors of hospitals and nursing care facilities, they wear the masks. And they go home to their families every night after work. But you cannot go visit grandma or pop-pop even if you wear the magic mask, and even if they wear the magic mask. You can go to Wally World if you wear the magic mask, but it's not safe for you to go vote even if you wear the magic mask. You can go protest and loot and commit arson and riot and assault and battery with a mask, of course, to hide your face from being able to be identified in a lineup if the cops were even allowed to arrest you. Yes, you can wear your magic mask and loot and protest, but you cannot go to your relative's funeral or wedding. Even if everyone at the funeral or the wedding is wearing the magic mask. So if this magic mask is a great protector, then why the hell can't we reopen the nation and the economy and the social places and the houses of worship and the non-essential stores and the bars and the nail salons and the restaurants and the movie theaters? If the masks are so gosh darn good at protecting us, then why not open everything up and allow everyone to simply wear the magic mask? If the masks are not doing good, then close every damn thing down completely. Completely. Stop lying to the American people because 
Many Americans are too damn stupid to understand that they've been played. Many are too ignorant to understand that they've been fooled. Many are too uneducated to realize they've been tricked. And if they're continuing to play their foolish game for the end of our wonderful nation, they're doing a damn good job of it. Until, of course, they get the election results that they're hoping for, praying for, and counting on in November. You see, if and when gropey Joe Biden and Kamala fake black woman Harris do get elected, you will see a sudden breakthrough in coronavirus research, and a cure will suddenly be approved, and the masks will no longer be needed, and all the businesses will be reopened, and the economy will magically bounce back, and the protests will suddenly stop, probably because all the funding for paying those protesters will be cut off by the left. And the nation will praise Gropy Joe and his prime running mate for their leadership and their handling of the virus. They will say that Trump screwed the pooch, but they were there to be the The saviors. And if, heaven forbid, Donald J. Trump pulls off the landslide victory I'm predicting, thanks to the so far silent majority, They will continue to bash Trump, blame Trump, dump on Trump, and keep this anarchy moving forward and keeping our nation moving backwards because that's what they do. Mark my words, kids. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Finally, someone is saying what we have all been thinking. Steve Z, telling it like it is. Joe Biden has spent weeks honoring and approving of the riots and the protests and the anarchy. Not a good thing to do there, Joe. Now that opinion polls show him slipping because of the unrest and the lawlessness, Biden and his willing cohorts in the media outlets are finally starting to admit that these are not the peaceful protests they reported. Too little, too late? We shall see. Video emerged Monday on social media showing a man crossing a street and another man sneaking up behind him and slamming him in the back of the head with a brick, which resulted in the victim falling face first onto the sidewalk. Just before the victim was hit in the head, a voice, presumably from one of the people recording the video across the street, a voice could be heard whispering, Bitch, you bet not run. Bitch, you bet not run. After the victim falls to the sidewalk, at least two people could be heard laughing and hollering in response. Neither the victim nor the suspect were on the scene when police finally arrived. Officers, however, said they did observe a pool of blood on the north sidewalk. An Instagram post from a person with the name Trey Savage, how appropriate. That post, by the way, has been removed from Instagram, but it said, and I have a photograph of it here, it said, quote, young man, you got knocked the F out. Bitch, you bet not run. UNK tried to kill you. It also had hashtags, white lives do not matter, black lives matter, Baltimore, and others. Some reactions online were, quote, buy more guns, defend yourself. No one is going to do it for you. Another comment, this is disgusting. These animals need to be found, prosecuted, and put away for a long time. 
Why do that to any living being? Next, the comment said, the laughter after it happens is chilling. And another comment, the number of these types of ambushes is horrifying. So what do we do? Just film this shit, post online and do nothing? I haven't seen or heard anything about the man's condition or whether anyone helped him. If this is the new America so many are calling for, we're doomed. Great, truthful comment. You know those thoughts that are eating away at your brains? Steve Z is letting them out. Refreshing, isn't it? This is the Truth Hurts program. And in the final segment for this morning's program... I know we're running a little long here, but I want you to go way back in time. Way, way, way 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 back. back. Eight years ago, to be exact. Back to a time when Barack Hussein Obama was in the White House. The first half-black president with a hair-sniffing little girl groping Joe Biden as his vice president. Emphasis on the word vice. Remember back then? Barack Hussein Obama was running for his second term. He was trying to be re-elected. Think back now. Now think of what the news headlines would have read if at that time a mayor and a governor of a Republican city and a Republican-run state had gone on the national television and said to the sitting president of the United States, we don't want you to come to our city or to our state because it might upset some people. Yes, the sirens would have blared, the racist flag would have been waving, the race cards would be played like a poker hand in Vegas, and that mayor and that governor would have been labeled racist, bigot, and every other name in the book by the media. Fast forward to today, in the year 2020, when President Trump, who is the president of all 50 United States of America, who is your president, my president, the president. And he wants to do what all presidents do and have done for 240 years. He wants to go to a distressed area of the nation to give a speech, to call for healing, to call for calm, again, as all presidents have done for the history of our nation. But the mayor of Kenosha, the coward who can't do anything to quell the violence in his own damn city, along with the governor of Wisconsin, who also refuses to do anything about the violence, the looting, the arson, the attacks. Those two morons are telling the sitting president of the USA that he's not welcomed or wanted in, quote, their, unquote, city and state. Newsflash to the mayor and the governor. Wisconsin, which has been a purple state for decades in the last two presidential elections, were solidly red. Wisconsin was solidly red. He, Donald Trump, won the popular vote, and he, Donald Trump, won in the Electoral College. So before you, Mr. Mayor and Mr. Governor, say something stupid that will get you not reelected, consider that at least half of your state supports Donald Trump. When the shit hits the fan, and it will, and you realize your city doesn't have enough cops to flip the off switch when it comes to you calling for the end to rioting and arson and looting, when the shit hits the fan and the state realizes this has gotten way out of hand, and you go begging for the federal government to help you, I hope, I sincerely hope, that Mr. Trump tells you to go pound sand or go pound each other, Mr. Mayor. 
and Mr. Governor. That'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the Truth Hurts Morning Program for September 1st, 2020. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Produced at Studio 63 in association with Steve Knight Productions. In life, when all is said and done, usually much more is said than is ever done. It's up to you to do the doing. But whatever you do, do it well. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. Thanks for listening.